right. All right. Wonderful. Awesome. All right. Give the Lord a hand this morning, would you please? All right. There we go. We on? All right. Open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2, would you please? 1 Peter chapter 2. It's good to see you this morning. Now, um, uh, good music, and, and uh, we got a good lesson for you this morning, and, and uh, I know it's something that's really going to just resonate with all of us here, and, uh, and we'll make some, we'll make some um, suggestions on that here in just a minute. But um, last week, we talked about um, sitting at the feet of Jesus, because our priorities of Christians ought to be to be at his feet and listening to Jesus. Everybody say amen. And, and, and if Jesus speaks, I think we ought to listen. And, um, and, uh, and so this morning I want to look in 2 Peter uh, chapter, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, and talk about desiring God's word. Hey, listen, everybody, real quick. Do you desire God's word? You know, is there a craving... Um, can you go days or, or can you go weeks? And some of us, can we just even go months and, and never have that craving for God's word? Now, don't raise your hands, but I would suspect that there's many of us in here this morning that we can sincerely go days without craving God's word. And I want us to understand that that's unhealthy for us as Christians nor is it, and it's not indicative of Christians, that, that we're going to see this morning that, 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 there should, that we should intentionally be craving God's word. As a, as a child, a newborn baby desires milk. You see, um, and, so, and so, so what do I do about that? And so, and so how can I desire God's word? How, how can I have that craving and that desire? And so we're going give, to give you four, maybe five principles this morning of how, of what you can do so that you can and will, as a Christian, desire God's word. Everybody say amen. All right. So go with me to Second Peter, 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, and I want, to look, I want us to look at that this morning. 1 Peter chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 3. We're just going to teach this morning. I want you to get your notes out and, or write in, margin, in the margin of your Bible or make some notes on your, on your phone or whatever it is because this is important stuff. Because remember last week we said, man, it is a priority to be at God's Word. Remember I used that illustration that my wife, um, every morning, you know, when we get back from, from workouts, you know, I'm, I'm, I get in the shower, I come out, and she's, and she's listening to the audible, you know, Bible, and she's listening, and she's at the feet of Jesus. Jesus. And, and, and so that's important for all of us, but, but we've got to desire that. And so how do we do that? So Peter gives this to us. So look with me at 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. And it says, therefore, now the word therefore, when we come across that in the Bible, what do we do? That word therefore is building on something that was previously said. So you always want to go back and say therefore because, again, it's building a bridge over to what it's fixing to talk about. So we'll go back and look at the last five verses of chapter 1 here in a minute. But it says, therefore, putting aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all slander, like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Everybody look up. Salvation was a great miracle, everybody. 
and, and there was a transformation. But the transformation doesn't stop at salvation. The transformation continues. And the reason the transformation doesn't continue in most people is, is because there's no craving, there's no desire for the Word of God. And so, therefore, their life is a mess, and it's not going the way that they thought it would go. And, and they're, they're, they don't have the peace about things. And so the reason is, is because that transformation had stopped. And according to 1 Peter chapter 2, it's because we need to desire and crave the Word of God, because it, it continues that transformation. Look at the rest of it. It says, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Now... Genuine godliness is always marked by a love and a delight in God's word. Always, always. Genuine godliness is always marked by a love for and a delight in God's holy and perfect word. (laughs) You know, Jesus said this. He said that he who is of God hears the word of God. Now, it's interesting that if you go back into the, to the original language here, that the word hear, the word hears means to obey. You see, it's not just, it's, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's one thing to, I'm preaching, and it's one thing for you just to let it go in one ear and out the other ear, but that word hears, hear means to obey, it means to obey, you know. I mean, you know, as a father and four, four great kids, you know, I mean, there would be some times that I would tell them something, tell them something, tell them something, and five minutes later they come back up to me and they, and they didn't hear a word I said, right? So here means to obey. I saw a lot of parents smiling, so I, I guess I'm not the only parent that runs into that. And then, of course, the, 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 the kids here are saying their parents never listen to them either, do they? But uh, Jeremiah 15, 16, here's what it says. I love this verse. Jeremiah 15, 16. I, we have it on the screen for you. Let's look at it. And, and we're talking about obeying. We're talking about hearing. We're talking about the delight. We're talking about God's word. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Thy words were found... And I did eat them, and thy word was in me. You see, what happened was is he's saying, he's saying, I heard your word, and, 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 and I, I, t- I took it in. And he says it was in me. Look at what it says. Because it's in him, the word, because he obeyed, because he heard, obeyed, it says the joy and rejoicing of my heart. That's what God words. That's what it does. It brings rejoicing in our heart. And perhaps the richest text that points out this is the whole Psalm of 119. I mean, I wrote down a few verses here. Listen to them. Verse 16, the psalmist says, I shall delight in thy statutes. That's talking about his word, you see. I shall not forget thy word. Look at verse 24. It says, thy testimonies also are my delight. Verse 35 Make me walk in the path of commandments, for I delight in it. <laughs> I love that. Look at uh, verse 40, 48. I shall lift up my hands to thy commandments, which I love. Verse 72. The law of thy mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Now, I don't think I had this one up there. Maybe I do. Verse 92. It says, if thy law had not been my delight, then I would not have perished in my affliction. Verse 127, it says, Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yes, above fine gold. So let me ask you that question again. Does, does, this, does Jeremiah chapter, chapter 15, verse 16, does this Psalm 119, does that express your heart towards God's word? Don't, don't raise your hand and don't say anything. 
but I'm your pastor and I love you and we're going to exegesis this verse of scripture. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying that does that express your heart? Is that the way you feel? Do you find your heart crying? Oh, how I love the law. Is the law of God your delight? Is it more precious to you than silver, more precious to you than gold? I want you to think about that question because that is the question that is behind the text that is before us. Now, go back to Second Peter or First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two. Look at it with me. Go back on the screen to First Peter chapter two, verse one. It says, "Like a newborn baby desires milk, so should you desire the word." So, everybody, listen. So you put aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and slander. Meaning you put away the old you. And, and there is to be in your heart of the believer the love of the word of God. And this love for, this delight in, this literal craving is now the word of God. And that's what Peter is talking about in these verses. Now let me put this into context and we're going we're to we're make sense out of this. Now the book of Peter... Um, if you if you read a lot of the theologians, a lot of the people, they they say they don't really know who wrote the book of Peter. They say that the style of writing doesn't match Peter. But but of course, if you look in First Peter chapter one verse one, he says he wrote it. So so let's just first of all say um, God wrote it. Everybody can agree on that, right? Right, And so God wrote this, and, and we're going to say that he used the hand of Peter to write this. And I want you to see that Peter is concluding a series of exhortations. And these exhortations are built, don't, if you lose me on this, then you won't understand the rest of it. These exhortations, exhortations that Peter is saying here in chapter 1 and 2, and, and he's concluding them here, and these exhortations are built as a response to salvation, which was his theme. In the first 12 verses of chapter 1, he was talking about salvation and the exhortation there. And after having outlined salvation, he then says that there are three responses. So here it is. He's saying that there, there should be three responses to everyone who accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior. If you are a Christian, if you are born again, then there should be three responses to you. You, should, you have three responses. Number one, number one, the first res- response is in verse 13 through 21, and it's our response towards God. And what is our response towards God? Primarily, be holy. Everybody say amen. So, so we're saved, and now our response is, is that to God... I'm going to be holy. In other words, I'm going to be separated. The, the old person's dead and gone, and, and, and the, today we have the new person. We're going to be holy. We're going to be separated from our old self and separated to God. And then the second response that he exhorts here, the second response is towards other. We see that in verse 22 through 25. And that response is to love others. Our response to salvation towards others is to love them. Those who are our brothers and our sisters in Christ, those others others we love and then thirdly our response towards ourselves towards god it is holiness towards other it is love and towards ourselves there should be the responding desire for the word of god everybody you get it 
It should be a dominating, driving force in the life of a believer. But yet I think that we will acknowledge, if you'll acknowledge with me, that in many of our lives there is a lacking kind of desire that in our lives. You know, I said it a while ago, but I think some of us can go a day, we can go days after days and week after weeks. And we don't crave God's word. And this exhortation from Peter becomes very, very important to us. You know, as um, I tell you what I love, I love it when people get excited about God's word. And we're going to talk about this word long for here in just a minute. But I, you know, so our response to God is to be holy. Our response to others is to love them. And then our response to ourselves as a Christian is to desire and to crave God's word. And I love it when people get excited about God's word. I, I love it when my phone rings, you know, in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening and, and, and someone says, hey, I was reading this and this is what it says. And, and boy, that, that's just really exciting because, you know, what that says to me is, man, this person is desiring to be in God's word. This person is, is craving God's word. That transforming is continuing in their lives. But unfortunately, we get so used to not studying God's word and not being in God's word that it's not a normal to us. And so Peter is saying, look, here's the response to yourself after being saved is you've got to desire God's word. You know, I'm afraid that we're so busy eating junk food that we're not able to get into God's word because everything takes things away from that time that we can be into God's word. Or we think we've somehow arrived and we don't need to because everything thing is going okay, not great, but you know what? You know, it's, it's, it, it'll be okay. And so, listen, as a result, we're not craving God's word. Can I have an amen out there? Uh, uh, but we've got to be, but it, our response should be, we to, we're to crave God's word. We're to crave God's word. So, what are some principles that we can, that we can establish in our lives that we will crave God's word? Well, before we get to that, Notice what it says here. Look at verse 2. And um, the emphasis here comes from the statement. And, and, and it, it says in verse 2, he says, Long for the pure milk of the word. Now let's break that down. Now that word long for is an imperative. It's a command. You get it? It's not, a, it's not if you want to. It's a command. Our response to ourselves, because we're Christians, is we're to long for long for. And this word long for, this imperative, this command is basically a term of intensity. It means to crave. It means to desire strongly. And that compound preposition strengthens the intent of that verb to long. Do you see it there? This word long for that expresses the intent of that verb, that word long. And so we're to have this great intense, compelling craving in our lives and that's what the language is saying to us is that we as Christians we shouldn't be satisfied with junk food we shouldn't be satisfied with just getting by but but he says our response is to long for to intensely crave God's word crave it desire it long for it do you see do you see the imperative voice in, in this text and that's what he's wanting us to do here 
And, and I remember Psalms 42, and I love this, and, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it, it just shows, it shows this text. And it, here's what it says, and I don't have it on the screen for you, but Psalms 42, I don't remember what verse it is, but it says, as the deer, we sing a song about this, or we used to, it's one of those classic Christian songs. And it says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for thee, O God. We're to crave God's word. And, and, and you know what it means to pant? I'm not going to do it because you're going to make fun of me. <laughs> do it, right? My son-in-law. We'll, we'll deal with him later. But, you know, to pant means that you're, that you're out of breath, right? You're, you're out of breath. You, you've, you've seen a dog in, where they've run and they come back and they start panting. They start panting. They're, they're wanting a drink of water. They're wanting some attention. You know how a dog is? They'll, if they want attention, if they want something to eat or if they want something to drink or whatever it is, they'll pant, they'll pant, they'll pant, they'll pant. And that panting means is that they've got to have it. They want it so bad. And that's how God wants us to be with his word. And our response because of our salvation is, is, is we're to have an intense craving for the word of God. And, and if you don't, don't be satisfied. You, 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 you shouldn't be able to go through a day without wanting to be in God's word and to take it and to open it and to read it and to hear it so that you obey it and so that you apply it. And so it brings a smile to your face. Listen to me. I guarantee you this. <laughs> if you'll walk into my office sometimes during the mornings or the afternoons or you'll come home to my house at night to whether I'm, you know, whatever, and I'm, if I'm in God's word, you're usually going to find me with a great big smile on my face. Because it's exhilarating. I mean, the truth that's in there, the, 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 the treasure that's in God's word. And it doesn't matter what I can be going through during the daytime and what problems I'm facing and what problems some of you are facing that I know that you're facing. I, I can be in God's word and I, and I just smile because that's it. That's the answer. It brings peace to my soul. So I crave it. We should all crave God's word. Are we getting it now? Last week we're to be at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's our position as, as believers, to be at the feet of Jesus. But we're also to crave his word, desire his word. All right. So we see that word long for. And then notice what he says. Peter says, he says... Um, he said, Peter says, you are to crave and you are to have this intense, intense desire for what? What does it say? Somebody say it. For pure. That next word is pure. What does that mean? I mean, that's important, isn't it? So he says, he said, he said, so, so he says, he says, be intense, desire, crave, what? Pure. Long for pure, he says. And what does that mean? That means something that's, everybody listen, that's uncontaminated. Uncontaminated. You know, we are to long for something that's pure. And notice what he says. He says, pure, pure, pure milk of the word. And don't miss this. He says, he says, desire the pure milk of the word that you may what? That you may grow. This milk, look, this source of life, this substance for the believer, what we do for ourselves, it is, it, this is the pure milk of the Word of God. And Peter says you are to have a craving for the Word of God and this spiritual milk that flows out of the Word of God that's uncontaminated, unstained, 
and untainted were to desire the word of God. And so Peter, he, you know, he, so Peter, Peter doesn't say, Peter doesn't say read the word, does he? No, but the Bible tells us in other places to read the word. He, 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 he doesn't say study the word, right? He, he, he doesn't say hide the word in your heart, right? He doesn't say, he doesn't say teach the word and he doesn't say preach the word, because before all of that, there's a fundamental thing, and that is you have to desire. And so that's why Peter is saying desire, because before you can teach it and preach it and hide it, you've got to first desire it. And so that's why Peter is saying desire the Word of God. So how do we do that? How do we desire the Word of God? What can we do to desire the Word of God? Well, Peter, he didn't leave that out. He gave us, he gave us four or five things that we can do. I kind of put two of them together on, to make four. But number one, number one, here it is. Remember your life source. Number one, how do we desire the Word of God? Constantly be reminded of your life source. Look, if you're not craving the word of God, you have forgotten something very important. And what's the, look, look at verse 1. What's the very first word in verse 1? What is it? Someone say it. Therefore. And again, this word builds on what was just said. And it, and it says in verse 25, so you go back. It's building that bridge. There's that, there's, there's, it's building towards something that's being said. And so the, it says, the word of the Lord abides forever. And, and it says, this is the word which was preached to you. And then therefore. Now, this therefore reaches all the way back to verse 23. Look at it. And it, it says, the living, abiding word of God by which you have been, what does it say? Born again. That's your life source. And what is the single greatest miracle that ever happened in your life? What is it? It's your new birth. And that transformation of your life and your eternal destiny was a miracle worked through the Word of God. And so Peter is saying, therefore, long for the pure, the pure milk, the spiritual milk, the Word of God. And he says, therefore, long for it, desire it. Why? Because as a source of your continued transformation... It continues to give you power in your life as you go. Look, it's not just good enough to save you. It's good enough to keep you. It's good enough to transform you all the way through. So look, number one is a lot of you, a lot of you don't desire the Word of God because, you have, because you've forgotten something. You've forgotten your life source. And that is Jesus Christ died on the cross in your place. He saved you so you wouldn't have to go to hell. He went to hell. You've forgotten your life source. So be constantly reminded of your life source. Everybody say amen. Number two, number two, the second thing that we have to do, the second thing that we have to do is eliminate sin. Eliminate sin. Verse 1 says, putting aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and all slander. And that word putting aside or laying aside in the Greek, it's just one word. This word laying aside, it's just one word in the Greek, and it means to reject. So part of longing for the word means putting aside or, re, re, or rejecting another that gets in the way. And so you have to get rid of some things in your life. It, it was also used in Colossians 3.8. It says, put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. And, of course, it goes on. Put it all aside. Get rid of the sin. Get rid of the sin. I heard an old preacher say one time many, many years ago, he said, sin will keep you from this book, and this book will keep you from sin. 
Sin will keep you from this book until you eliminate that hindrance from your life. And notice he says there's five of them. You know, I thought it was very interesting. Um, years, you know, 100 years ago, maybe even not even 100 years ago, but when people would be baptized in the church, and a lot of, a lot of churches, you know what they would do? Is that, the, is that the, the candidates for baptism would come in their clothes, and, and they, would, they would get baptized, and then they were to go change. And they would give them a brand new white robe, a brand new robe, and they would take the clothes that they were baptized in and throw them away. Just to be symbolic of, you got to get rid of some stuff. You see, I'm just making a point here. Because isn't that what water baptism, I mean, the old person's dead, you know, so it just gives that picture here. But what we're saying is you just got to get rid of the old stuff. And you got to get rid of it. And so Peter says there's five things, and these five things cover, you know, 100,000 things. But he says, first of all, he says you got to get rid of malice. Now you say, what's malice? Well, it's the, it's the basic Greek word for all evil. Anything that is evil is malice. Anything that is evil is malice. It just means wickedness. It means general wickedness. You get rid of all of it. You get rid of it. And then notice the second thing, guile. You know, not just some malice, all of it. And this word, this word guile originally meant a fish hook. Um, if, you, if you do the etymology on this word, it, it meant a fish hook. And so what, is, what does that mean? Well, what do you do with the fish hook? You, 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 you take something and cover it up, right? Right? And then you take it and you throw it in the water and you try to catch a fish. And so what this is saying is we're to get rid of, of, of all deceit. All deceit, you know, that, that fish, you, you take that hook and you put that worm on there and you hide that hook and you throw it in the water and that fish thinks it's going to get dinner, but he becomes dinner for you, doesn't he? That's what Satan does to us, a lot of us, a lot of times, isn't it? And then he says also hypocrisies, and this is spiritual phoniness. Originally, the word meant an actor who, who wore a mask. In other words, it's not real, it's not genuine. Then he says, get rid of envies. That means wanting what others have, resenting their prosperity and their blessings. It leads to grudges and bitterness and hatred and conflict and ugly and all kinds of sin. Get rid of envy. And then he says, get rid of all slander or evil speaking. You know, look, get, all, get rid of all backbiting, get rid of all talk and gossip and defamation and dis, disparagement and malicious talk. Get, quit talking behind people's back and, and, just, and just be holy. Get rid of it, he's saying. Because if you've got sin in your life and the book can't get into you, you've got to get rid of the sin before, the book can, before you can get in the book so the book can be in you. You've got to get rid of sin. And I know what some people are thinking. Well, you're just saying, well, Brother Fox, I'm just made that way and I can't do it. Well, bulloni, you've got to die to yourself, the Bible says. Everybody say amen. <laughs> when you know it's there, you do something about it. And, and, and he says, get rid of it. Because you're not craving God's word and you're not being successful as you can be as a Christian. You're not even being the unit and a whole here in your local church because you don't crave the word of God. Because either you've got some sin in your life or something else is going on. You've got to get rid of it. Number three. Number three. Not only does Peter say, remember your life source not only does he say, get rid of the sin, but he says, he says, number three, admit your need. Admit your need. Look at verse two. He says, like newborn babes. 
newborn babes. Now, when we're talking here about the scripture, this newborn babe, now this is for us because we live in 2017, but this is talking about a baby that's not even out of the hospital yet, all right? Little Kimber, she's not a newborn baby anymore, isn't she? She's walking now. She's she'll she'll be a year old in a in a week or so, won't she? Yeah. And then Bristol, she turned four years old today. Today's Bristol's birthday, and I saw the day's uh, um, um, William's birthday today. Big 39, fixing to hit 40. Happy birthday, William! But you're no newborn baby either, are you? <laughs> But here in the scriptures, it says newborn babes. Again, this is talking about one that is brand spanking new. And you know, the instant that baby is born, it comes out crying. Doesn't it? It's wanting something. Isn't it? It, it, it's, it's wanting something. What's it wanting? A BB gun? A cracker? Maybe it's a 1970 Chevelle Supersport. I don't know. No, that's what I want. <laughs> no, what's that baby wanting? Anybody? It's mama's milk. And a cracker's not going to satisfy it. A bottle of orange juice isn't going to satisfy it the only thing that's going to satisfy what that baby wants is the pure untainted unadulterated milk of the mother cornerstone you've got to admit that you have a need and that you need god's word and we try to go into all these different things and do different things and 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 and, and supersede different things for god's word in our lives you got to get over that, and you've got to admit it right now. You've got to admit it in your life that what you need is a sincere milk, the Word of God, because that's all that's going to satisfy you, just like a little baby. And then what's going to happen is when you do, you'll grow. That transformation will continue. That's what he says here in verse 3. And the very last thing, the last characteristic for you to, to have this kind of craving and desire is lastly is you have to survey your blessings. Take an inventory of your blessings. Look at verse 3. He says, Long for the pure spiritual milk of the word if you've tasted the kindness of the Lord. You know, because you've tasted, and that's based on Psalms 34, 8, Taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Isn't that what it says? And what is he really saying here? He's saying this. He says, if you have in the past tasted in your own personal experience the kindness and the goodness and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, if you know how good it was and how wonderful it tasted and how blessed it was, then don't you want to crave more? Take an inventory of your blessings. And if you've got to go all the way back to salvation, that's where you go. You know, again, I never come out of a time of study out of the Word of God without some exhilaration in my life. (laughs) What a blessing God's Word is. You want to develop an appetite for the Word. You want to crave the Word of God. And these are the principles, very simply, very simply, 
Very, very simple. Just remember your life source. Remember the power that's there. Remember your need and admit of God's blessings and that you need the nourishment. Amen? Do you want it again? Do you want that craving? Do you want those blessings again? You just got to crave God's word. You got to crave God's word. Let's pray together. Father, we love you this morning. And um, Father, I, I'm sure that a lot of us are just guilty of not really having that deep desire, that intense craving of the word of God. And therefore, Lord, um, our transformation, we, we passed over from death to life, but, but, but our sanctification has stalled, Lord, because maybe for a lot of us it's stalled because we're not desiring your word, and maybe we're not desiring your word because we forgot our life source. We just got used to living. We're, we're, we get used to living on 10%. <laughs> and, man, we should never be satisfied until we're living on 100%. Lord, maybe there's some sin in our lives that's keeping us out of the word. Maybe we just need to admit this morning that we need it. Maybe we're just too prideful. Maybe we just need to go back and count our blessings and name them one by one. But Lord, I pray wherever that finds anybody at this morning, that God, that you'll have a, a reconciliation in their heart and that, Lord, that their lives will, will come to be one that desires, that intensely craves your word. We love you, Lord. We give you praise for it. And I pray if there's one here that's, that, that doesn't have this craving, maybe it's because they've never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. Maybe they know your name, but they've never really um, um, surrendered their life. They've never picked up their cross. They've, they've never admitted that they were a sinner and that Jesus Christ is God and that you died for their sin. And Lord, that they never professed with their mouth and believed in their heart of who you are. Maybe that's why they don't have a desire. So Lord, I pray that you'll just speak to their hearts this morning and that you'll have your own way in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me this morning for our invitation.